1: Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Friday, February 5th, 2021. We made it through another week, the first official week of February. Had some great shows this week. Very proud of uh, what we're putting out there this week. A great conversation with my brother Sam on Monday regarding sports and some other items. Uh, Bill Barnes, of course, on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. That's always fun to catch up with that retired uh, police officer, my good friend Bill. And today, we have a great Guest on much like we had last week and the week before that and the week before that we just we keep putting out fun guests for you guys uh, that that I know those who are loyal listeners uh, you recognize some of these names maybe some of them you don't know and, and but either way I think they're entertaining they're they're uh, great to catch up with uh, we're going to be joined today by uh, Dave Carson Dave Carson Jr. Uh, he is also a pastor much like our our guest last week. And uh, it was great catching up with with Dave Carson. I'm very good friends with his brothers Todd and Mark. They've both been on the program before, uh, and uh, we thought we'd bring on the the oldest of the the three the the trifecta, if you will, to bring in uh, the third Carson brother to talk about Kerry uh, Youth League, uh, his uh, memories growing up as a kid, some of his. Comments maybe about his family members and, uh, you know, the special things he sees in them. Talk about Rio Hondo Prep football, uh, expanding Care Youth League, because that is something that Dave Carson was a big part of and still continues to be a part of to this day. uh, Helping expand Care Youth League into uh, Upland uh, out in the uh, not just the east, but the further east, uh, because Care Youth League forever was just Arcadia based Arcadia, California. And then it, uh, expanded in the late eighties, I believe to, uh, Covina in the East, uh, the East side where uh, I played my sports growing up as a Glendora Gator. And then, um, you know, it's been a while now over 10 years, I believe when they made the move to Upland to expand to their third location. So Dave Carson, a big part of that. He's also uh, a big part of so many, uh, lives, so many young men that he has, uh, been an influence on and developed over the years, uh, was a coach for many years for Indian. I knew him as a, as a coach on the Cardinals, uh, arrivals at Wingate park back in the day. Uh, but, uh, just so many things to catch up on with Mr. Carson today that, I, that you guys will enjoy. I, I promise you that good memories about, uh, Mount care, um, just stories he would tell playing the harmonica. Yes. Dave Carson taught me as a very young man, how to play the harmonica. Well, you guys will hear that story. Uh, so, so a lot of fun conversations here, uh, with, with Dave Carson, uh, on a Friday that I think, uh, you guys will enjoy. It was a pleasure of mine to catch up with him. And chat with him last week and record this. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to you guys hearing this and to those out there who are listening who have been coached by Dave Carson. I think, uh, I think you will really enjoy this uh, more so than than everybody else uh, listening. But anyway, a great interview uh, set up for today, and looking forward to uh, letting uh, you guys hear that here in a couple of minutes. But first, it is uh, the first weekend in uh, February. And that means the big game on Sunday. That means Super Bowl 55 between the Chiefs and the Bucks. Uh, we've already talked about the Super Bowl quite a bit uh, on this program uh, this week, on Monday and, and Wednesday, given our predictions and things. But for today, just briefly, I want to talk about the Super Bowl itself. And, uh, I, I, man, funny, the things that pop into your head, I didn't plan to, to say this right now, but actually the last time the Buccaneers were in the Super Bowl, and I was just thinking about Dave Carson uh, talking and uh, Mr. Pat Taylor spoke in church at Cary Youth Church that day. And I was there and um, I remember Mr. Taylor got up on stage and he started to he, to talk about his message, his sermon. And he said, uh, I know what today is. It's Super Bowl Sunday. He, and it was the Raiders and the Bucks." And I don't, I don't know, uh, well, let's see. Anyway, he started to give us his, uh, sermon and basically he was telling all of us, Hey, well, I know what today is, but right now it's God's time. We need to, to focus on, uh, God's word and, uh, this and that. And then at, at the end of his little intro, he said, we can certainly celebrate a Buccaneers victory later. And <laughs> I don't know if that's cause he didn't like the Raiders or what, but, uh, <laughs> The Buccaneers did win that that Super Bowl, uh, back in two thousand one, two, somewhere in there. It was kind of around the Patriots dynasty starting. I know that, but anyway, I don't know why I remember that, but I do. And that was the last time the Bucks were in the Super Bowl, and Pat Taylor was was given the message that that Sunday. So Super Bowl Sunday, Super Sunday, as they as they call it. Um, but anyway, I wanted to talk about the Super Bowl itself. Uh, it's a bittersweet day for a lot of football fans because it's the final football game up, and you know until September, and it's always fun to chat football and uh, make projections and look at free agency and college signings and all these different things, build up to the high school season. But there's something about the last football game of the year, the championship game, right? And and for a lot of us growing up, we played in championship games as kids, maybe high school or junior high. And so we all, most of us, I would say, who played football probably have that that feeling, that idea of what it's like to play in a championship game and to uh, think or to watch a, a Super Bowl game played on Super Sunday every year and know that these are the two best teams in the world at the time, you know, who have proven themselves to get to this point. Um, I'm not saying it's like the same exact feeling as, as when you're in high school playing in a, in a football championship game, but in a way it is, I don't know, in a way it is like you look at it and you're like, man, this game is for, it's for everything. It's the championship game. It's, it's the super bowl. Right. Uh, so it's always a special feeling. I, I'm a guy that I turn on, you know, right away, early in the day, I turn on all the pregame. I watch the hours leading up to the game because i try to embrace the entire day like yeah this is this is the last football day of the season i'm gonna enjoy every second of it all the build-up right all the interviews i'm not as big of a guy into like the musical performance and stuff that's a little too much for me uh there are some nice performances but i'm all about the football side of it i want everything analyzed i want to break down the offense and the defense and the play calling and all these different, th- I love that, the buildup leading up to the game. Not so much the concerts and things, but I know that's, that's for, you know, random viewers, but super Sunday is interesting because you get people watching football that wouldn't watch it during the season that, but they tune in, right? Cause it's a big event. It's not just, it's not just, Oh, another NFL Sunday. No, it's, it's the super bowl. It's the big event. So some people like having, big gatherings. Uh, trust me, I've done both. I've done Super Bowls where I'm around a lot of people and I'm not a huge fan of that. I've done it where I'm around like, okay, maybe 10 people. Uh, still not a huge fan. I like a small group of people. If I'm going to have anyone uh, uh, watching the game with me at all, because I, I, I don't know. I, I went to a few Super Bowl parties for a few years. I had a consecutive streak. I was going to one every year. And I thought it was a great way to watch a game. But after doing that and then going back to kind of watching it with just yourself and a few buddies or my brother, I much prefer that. I much prefer a small group um, where you can just, man, put out a bunch of food. And trust me, after i have done recording this right now, I'm on my way to Costco to pick up some apps and some fun, uh, fun football food for the big day. Because if ever you were to overindulge in uh, good food that's bad for you. Uh it's Super Bowl Sunday. Even it's even uh it, it's better than than some of the the Christmas and Thanksgiving foods that you eat in my opinion because it's just a platters of stuff. You put out the chips and guac, maybe the pizza rolls, some wings, um uh, I don't know. I don't know what what you guys love to put out football football food. But it, there's not even really a main a main event, a main uh, dish. It's just a bunch of apps. Grab, grab, grab food, grab this and that. Um, so that's what I think of on Super Bowl Sunday. It's just like maybe a couple of friends, maybe some people love big groups. I'm not a huge fan of that. But just being around a few football fans and every now and yeah, there's people that watch the game that really don't know what's going on, but how yeah, they they tune in for the commercials or whatever. And uh, it's still cool to, that it it's a big event that brings people together. I can't think of another sporting event that really does that. One singular event, like the Super Bowl. There are people, oh, the the Stanley Cup final, yeah, that's cool. Okay, yeah, but that's seven games. The NBA finals, the World Series, those are all multiple games. But for one day, one Sunday in February, it seems like everyone watches that one four-hour event. Everyone well, I would say most people, not everyone, right? There are non-sports fans or whatever who just—I don't know what—I don't know what they watch on uh, on uh, TV that day. But for most of the country, I would say people are gathering and watching this, which is pretty crazy to know that there is a one event where we do. I'm trying to think of other events where we would do that. One event that everyone is gathered watching. Maybe there's, I don't know, the, there's probably some television shows or some premieres or, or final episodes of certain TV shows and everything. But in today's age, everything's kind of recorded and, and watched later. But sporting events, I think it's a different story. You know, you could say, well, game seven of the World Series. Yeah, okay. But one specific day, like the Super Bowl, I don't know if there's anything quite like it in sports. In just our society where we gather, and it's like even if you don't have a team in it, which most of us don't, you find a reason to root for someone or against someone, right? You just gather. It's it's uh, it's something that we all kind of come together and watch, which I think is great. And for those of you that don't watch football and maybe do something else on Super Bowl Sunday, hey, all the power to you. That's nothing against it, anybody. Trust me, I, I anyone who doesn't tune into football. I, I got respect for it. It's like, hey, you got other things to do? No, no problem. But I think there's still a big group of people that love to sit down and watch that game. And for guys maybe who have other things going on and aren't able to sit and watch football uh during the year to at least be able to watch the Super Bowl, I think it's a special day. So I'm looking forward to throwing all these apps in the oven and prepping all the food Sunday, uh Sunday morning, Sunday around noon or so. And just enjoying the day, maybe maybe uh, play some pool here at the house, maybe do a little uh, beanbag toss set up. Just kind of enjoy the entire day, and then watch every snap of the game, and not be distracted or bothered by other things. That's uh, that's definitely a, a big uh, part of watching Super Bowl Sunday as well. So I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. My Rams were in it two years ago. Last year I had to. Uh, sit on, uh, bite my nails because I thought the 49ers were going to win a Super Bowl, which I, I can't, I don't like living in a world where where the the 49ers win Super Bowls. I've been blessed where their last two they've lost. So I, I was able to uh, go about my my life in, in peace. But, uh, you know, this is going to be a great game on Sunday. Really looking forward to Mahomes versus Brady. Um, I think there's some Brady magic there. I really do. Mahomes is going to win a ton of Super Bowls, I think, in his lifetime. I, I really do believe that but I think Brady is going to come away with number seven and you know what? I don't know if he stops there. Maybe he gets another one. It's just crazy to me that Tom Brady is in position again to, to, uh, to win his seventh ring. And even if he does it, it's not like a big disappointment or a letdown. If he doesn't win the, win a Super Bowl. he's won six of them already. All right. To get to 10 is truly remarkable. And I do think, uh, yeah he will get a seventh on sunday uh the chiefs look unstoppable who knows they could show up and and blow out the bucks I, but i doubt it i doubt it i think brady will uh, will will keep keep the the bucks in this game and it should be uh, very exciting oh i'm already i'm already jacked up ready to go let's let's kick this thing off right I'm, i like the buildup. i like all the ant overanalyzing and everything but i'd also reach a point where it's like oh let's kick this thing off let's kick it off and and i think it's cool that the bucks are playing in their home stadium, the first time we've ever seen that in the NFL. And my prayer, my 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 hope, maybe not a prayer, but my hope, my my wish, uh, is that next year, is that the, it happens again where a team plays in their home stadium, uh, for the second consecutive year. Because as you know or may not know, Los Angeles will host Super Bowl Fifty Six in SoFi Stadium, and I'm hoping. That come this time next year, that the LA Rams are the second team to host a Super Bowl on their home field uh, in the new SoFi Stadium. I think that would be truly poetic for the first. Uh, you know, th- I know it happened this year, but to do it back to back years, that would be kind of funny, ironic, whatever you want to call it. And uh, Super Bowl one was played in Los Angeles in the Coliseum, and so for the first Super Bowl to be played in Los Angeles in the new stadium, I think it would be awesome if the hometown Rams uh, were, were in it, but uh, Hey, there's a, we're a long way away from that. So we shall see what happens. Okay. Enough of me talking about the Super Bowl. I've talked about it all week. Let's get to our interview with Dave Carson. Uh, it was truly a blessing and I seriously mean that um, I'm good friends with the Carson family. They are special people, every single one of them. Uh, and it was just an absolute blessing to sit down with uh, Dave Carson and, and have a conversation just about life, about Carrie Youth League, and just about uh, doing doing the Lord's work as uh, as he does, and so many of the uh, Carson family uh, continues to do. So, I will step aside and let you guys enjoy my interview with Mister Dave Carson Jr. Okay, we have another wonderful guest here on the Get Home Safe podcast. We are joined by Dave Carson, Dave Carson Jr. That is, as he has the same name as his uh, wonderful father, Dave Carson Sr. Uh, Dave Carson uh, Jr. who's with us today. He is uh, a pastor of the Care Youth Church in upland california he's been influential and a big part of the care youth league program for a very long time he's the third carson brother we've had on here we've saved the oldest carson brother for for last uh along after following mark and todd Uh, a lot of fun things to talk about real hondo prep care youth league some memories i have of uh, mr carson here so let's uh get right to it mr carson welcome to the show
0: thanks for having me matt it's really great all righty, Happy that
1: uh, you're with us, uh, taking time out of your busy schedule. And you know, uh, there's a lot of things that are kind of on my mind, and uh, you know, first off, with you working uh, and being such a big part of Care Youth League and Upland, what have the past few months been like for you, almost a year now, the fact that Care Youth League, a- alongside all these other sports leagues for kids and everything, yeah. has pr- pretty much been shut down? What's that been yeah. like for you guys?
0: Really hard. Obviously, I've spent the last 25, 30 years uh, coaching boys and uh, being with them a lot every afternoon. So at the beginning, we started off by having Zoom meetings with them, you know, kind of had our club meetings through Zoom. Uh, Then we were able to open up I think it was in September and we've been doing kind of modified practices, social distances and things. And we've done a lot of things that uh, kind of modified our program so that we could still come and still keep them active. Uh, but we haven't been able to compete, which is really hard because that's such a big part of uh, Care Youth League. But we're, we're optimistic that things are gonna start coming back and we'll be back
1: amen to that yeah the the future is now as uh the motto goes the care youth league so i'm i'm excited that things are slowly but surely uh yeah getting getting there and and mr carson you've always been a guy i have seen uh, as you're very hands-on you 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 like to to be out uh on the front lines if, if you will working with kids Uh, you're always, you always, I always felt like you were building something. at carried, you know, construction wise or, or working on a field or something. Is that just something that you've always, that that's a calling for you to, to be that hands-on with everything and just be right up in the middle of everything like that.
0: Yeah. I think I've always liked, I remember my dad asked me way back when I was a kid, would you rather spend your days at a desk or outside, swinging a hammer or something and I said yeah I'd rather be outside so I yeah I've just always been in really into like if there are if there was ever something being built or some new project I was always there just kind of watching and um, when I was in college I got to work on the maintenance crew with a guy named Chuck Miller who's like a he's like a legend as far as just he was an engineer but he also just knew how to fix anything. And so I learned from him and I learned from Jim Davis and Jim Smith. Yeah, so I've always kinda just been a, a hands-on guy, I guess you'd say, and, and yeah, <laughs> definitely.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, I was gonna say this for later, but I, I'm gonna bring it up now. Uh, a good friend of mine, Freddy uh, Yeah, we've, we've become very good friends since uh you know be, becoming That's adults great. or whatever and it was great seeing you I think it was Javier Perez's wedding uh, was yeah. kind of a la- we were standing there talking with you but I don't know how many times Fred and I are, are talking and he'll bring up man Dave Carson Dave Carson was was just the best because you you were one of his first leaders and I think he, he one thing he told me all the time was yeah Dave, Mr. Carson would always say what if you're working on a field hey do it right like, like do it right. Like if we're going to do this, let's do it right. And, uh, he has tremendous respect for all of the Carson uh, coaches, Mark Todd and you, but, but I think, uh, for, I, I wanted to tell you that because he's told me many times, uh, how special and how meaningful you've been personally
0: to, uh, to his life. That's cool. That's, that's, <laughs> that, that just makes my whole week right there. Oh, I mean, I'm good for the next week, you know, <laughs> you, you hear from guys like that. It's, that's what it's all about. Well, I,
1: yeah, that's why you do what you do. Right. I mean, uh, I think he, it was funny, Fred, I I didn't play uh, for you in uh, youth sports. I played against you, which we'll get to, Uh, (laughs) but you know, he went from uh, Dave, Fred went from Dave Carson to then Todd Carson in junior high and then Mark Carson in high school. So uh, I think that's why uh, he, he, he feels you guys are so special to him. Cause he got yeah. experience all three of you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see Fred again, man. He was, I'm I'm glad he's still, uh, he's still doing his thing. I, you know, it's, he was the kind of guy where he, It was like, how's, how's this guy going to turn out? Yeah. But it sounds like he turned out pretty good.
1: <laughs> That's wonderful. What do you, what do you remember just real quick? What do you remember about him as uh what was he, what would he be a fourth or fifth grader?
0: I, I think he was fourth grade. He was an um, he was an outstanding soccer player. It was him and uh, Dan Pastor on the on the Tigers. They were both super good. And uh, but Freddie, yeah, he he was really good. And he was always smiling. He's just one of those guys, uh, really sweet kid. <laughs> so yeah, I remember the family. They were great.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I just had to embarrass him a little bit here uh, on the, on the, it's one of the perks of running the, running the podcast. Oh man. Uh, well, you know, Mr. Carson, you were amongst the, uh, the leaders at care that helped care youth league expand to Upland. And I think you said it was back in 2006, which is so hard to believe, um, where you and uh, Kyle Corral and some other leaders came up with the idea that care youth league needed to expand. And you, and you ended up in Upland. Uh, t- tell me about the, the genesis of that, if you will, and just kind of how it all developed, maybe some of the ch- challenges and how you guys ended up in Upland.
0: Okay. I remember Kyle had, he was a young guy and he he put in everybody's little box at, on on the staff, just kind of a little announcement that he was going to, He wanted to tell everybody what was on his heart, and I think he quoted, uh, you know, the Apostle Paul about how he felt called to be sent out. So he called a meeting, and uh, we all got together, all the staff and the coaches. And he got up there and said, you know, I I just, I was out mowing the lawn uh, at Wingate Park, and God was just, God just spoke to me and just said. There's more out there. There's more boys out there. You need to go find them. And uh, so he just put out that that's what he wanted to do. He felt called to do. And I I had always had that on my heart, uh, that care should expand. And I wanted to be part of it whenever it was, if possible. So I volunteered to be in the group that helped get that going. Uh, Mike Murphy was part of that as well. So, uh, and obviously my wife was part of it because she and uh, <laughs> and uh, Mrs. Mrs. Pauline Murphy. Now back then she was uh, Pauline Hampton. She was part of it. So we uh, we just we didn't know where we we're gonna go, and we had meetings like where do we want to go? And I, I remember we we drove down to Wildemar. Uh, I was supposed to look into Santa Clarita, you know, that area, so I did some calling, and we knocked on doors at churches and, you know, city halls and all that stuff, and we ended up uh, finding this place in Upland called the Pacific Christian Center that the guy, the director there had just got there from, came down from Oregon, and he was just like, yeah, sure, come on over, and uh, it was just like, the doors were opened, uh, after a lot of closes. So it was, it worked out. That's why we ended up in upland.
1: Now, now this was the second expansion of care youth league. It was, um, it had forever been in, in Arcadia there where Rio Hondo prep was located. And then I believe it was the late eighties. I could be wrong where, um, there was an expansion to the East, to Glendora, yeah. the, Glen, the founding of the Glendora Gators, right? My right. My, uh, my pride and joy as a kid. So was there any advice given to you by people who had done the expansion the first time or was or also was there people, anyone saying, hey, we don't know if this is a bad idea. We should put all our resources into what we have. Was there anything like that?
0: Yeah, I, I remember Greg Bollinger, who's the director of Care Youth League telling me when I was just meeting with him before this happened, before we went to Upland, he says, you know, there's, uh, there's some guys in the RHLA program who want to start another care. And, uh, I said, wow, that sounds good. Uh, but then when, uh, the few years later and we were actually, cause I, I think my point is Greg Bollinger, who's the director, he was always very, um, supportive of it which I think it wouldn't have happened if he hadn't been and I think the reason he was supportive of it was he was in the group that started the Gators Mm -hmm. and I remember when the Gators were starting and how excited I was just to hear that happening and um so yeah I think there's you know there's always if you go out you know i was working in arcadia at, at the time on the indian with indian and uh it was tough because you know you lose coaches here but you know it's it's you do what uh, god puts on your heart so
1: oh yeah oh yeah absolutely it's uh i remember i was in rhla at the time and i remember kyle talking about it and being rather passionate and then knowing that some other leaders uh, experienced leaders were were on board and going to do it as well. I I still had this, even though I had come from a, 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 the Gator organization that had been yeah. part of an expansion of care, I was kind of, I was like, I was supportive of it, but I was like, man, how are they going to do this? It seems like we're busy enough running, yeah. running, running two locations. And yeah. now you want to have a third. We're already short, short staff, shorthanded. How
0: are we going to do this? That yeah. was my thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah and I think that's I think we've always struggled with that I think uh but I think the philosophy I just got done listening to an audible book about Hudson Taylor who was a missionary in China and his burden was to reach China for Christ and one of his philosophies was you're always advancing and uh he he had a lot of struggles uh and that he talked about, but he felt it was biblical to always expand. Like the church was always expanding. So even though it's, it's, uh, it's hard sometimes uh, I just think that that's what it's God's work and he, he wants us to keep moving.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's uh that is really well said. I like that always advancing. I mean uh, you, you know, if, you're either going forwards or backwards in this life, you know, or there's yeah. not too often where you're, you're stagnant. I mean, we might feel that way at times, but I, I do think the mindset is whatever you end up doing or whatever you're called to do, especially in the, the world of ministry. Yeah. You got to have that, um, that uh, forward thinking. Here's a question. Here's something that comes to mind, Mr. Carson. Okay. So talking about ministry, talking about uh, calling others to Christ and the word of God how, how does one balance the passion with not overdoing it? Because I've seen, not at CARE really, I've seen other churches who are a little too aggressive if in recruiting or like uh, their policies and things. Uh, I remember when when I uh, look, was looking for other churches, We we tried a few and a few of them were like, way too aggressive and way too like in your face. So how do you balance the uh, evangelism, if you will, the passion of, of calling others with not being too aggressive and pushing people away?
0: Yeah, I I think that's a, a great question. And I think, again, like Hudson Taylor, he, he really believed in prayer um, that God would, would call the people. Um, I, I think sometimes if, if you, it's kind of like when you're, when you're coaching a a team, if, if the guys, you can tell some guys, they just, they're there because they have to be there, (laughs) but they're, they're not really into it. And then there's guys who they're there because it's, it's part of them. They love it. And, uh, i I think if I don't think you have to twist you should have to twist people's arms mm-hmm. um, I think you just present it and the guys who really it's coming from inside and it's coming from God, I think they will they'll run with it like I think like Kyle you know I don't have to prod him at all he 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 prods me sometimes but uh, <laughs> you know, and I think that I, that's the way it should be. It should just be something that comes from the inside and uh, we're just there to, to be, you know, to be obedient. And. Uh, well, that's why
1: I think care youth league, the, the, I, the general foundation of it is so wonderful because like, like I look at my experience, I was a kid, I wanted to, I saw a kid carrying a football gear one day at school and I wanted to to do that. And so play yeah. football. And then you realize, Oh, there's basketball next. Oh, wait, now we're playing baseball. I wasn't that yeah. into soccer, but okay. We kept doing that. And it was just like, that was the attraction, which I think is for most kids. And then you're getting, you know, Bible lessons and training also. And I think yeah. at the time when you're a young kid, you're like, okay, yeah, that's fun too. But sports, sports, you know, yeah. the so, so sports is the tool that yes. care uses, right?
0: Yeah. It's the hook.
1: The hook. I liked it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, And I think, I think it's, it's the getting the Bible into their lives at a young age. uh, It pays off. And, uh, but also all the other things that, like you said, Youth league offers for young people. um, I'm especially missing it now and seeing the value of it now after, after being away from it for so long, and I think lots of people are, but just the social interaction and the, just all the healthy things that go on uh, is a great thing. And I just i i try to <laughs> i try to pray that God would send, send more people who would uh, who ha- who would see that and want to you know give their lives to it.
1: Yeah, I think there's got to be people that are itching to get back to work. Uh, You you see that in society, people want to get back to things. And uh, I got to imagine, like, I was never a guy that loved working on the fields, right? And prepping the Uh fields, stuff like that. (laughs) But, and I bet you there's other, say, RHLA guys who feel that way. But I think right now, because it's been such an absence, I bet you there's plenty of guys who would love to get down there and do some work. Like, hey, let's play some ball. Let's get everyone back. Let's uh, get back to normal. (laughs)
0: Yeah. 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 I was down. It just felt so good to, you know, get some string out, paint a line on the, on the field. It just felt really good. Uh, (laughs) But I understand that I'm just, I'm maybe a little unusual, but uh, yeah, I love doing that. I love being on the field and getting them ready, all that stuff. (laughs)
1: Let me ask you about your childhood. We just talked about care youth league and, and bringing k- kids into the program um, for lack of a better term you were you were born into the program your parents were involved uh, yeah and, uh, what was that like was it just kind of it, it was all you ever knew like it was just hey the the, the fields are right in our backyard I mean tell me about yeah. your early days of care youth league
0: yeah I You're right. I grew up in the program. My, my house bordered the field too. So I just, I ran outside and there it was, uh, I, it was a, it was a pretty happy childhood. Um, my parents were very committed to it. Uh, so, you know, there wasn't the, you know, the big family vacations that some people talk about, you know, and, uh, it was, we, we, definitely operated on a shoestring budget when I was a kid uh in the family in the house um but man all the stuff I got to do being part of <laughs> care youth league the camps and the summer trips I it was just great so yeah.
1: I I have to ask because I've heard reports I've heard stories of this uh you and Randy Johnson were, were very same age and um and you each had a brother, him, Rick, and, and uh, yours, Todd, that were yeah. younger than you guys. And I have heard that you and Randy always play were teammates in, in, the, in the backyard football games. And, and you guys were, were pretty rough on, on, on Todd and Rick. Is that accurate?
0: Yeah, because, you know, we, we would meet and say, we want these guys to be super tough in high school. So we really got to be hard <laughs> on them. No. Uh, yeah, it was, it was that way every Sunday. Every Sunday we'd meet on field two after church and we'd play until he either got too dark to play or one of us got in a fight with the other one and it usually was someone gotten mad at someone else and there was a fight and that's how we stopped but yeah but they you know i i admit they they turned out really tough because of it so i i Todd and rick
1: <laughs> they both yeah they really did i think you guys had something to to do with that i just i have a hard time uh believing that you know pastor carson was a little bit of a bully to his his uh, younger brother todd but uh, i'm very good friends with todd so i've I've heard these reports i just wanted to confirm
0: yeah i i'm not too proud of you know some (laughs) of the things i did but um god is good he's graceful gracious and uh he forgives and that was pre pre pre-conversion well, I'll tell, so and even that, after conversion, it was, uh, I still had stuff that I had to work out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think anyone who's, uh, who has been a brother or specifically an older brother uh, can relate. And that oh, was, that's so, right. yeah. yeah, you know, and, and so yeah. I think th- this is not meant as uh, a negative. This is actually a positive. Todd told me one time, he said, when I saw Dave's transition, uh, conversion, whatever you, you, you want to call yeah. it. When I saw what God uh, kind of did with my brother, Dave, he goes, that's when I knew there was a God.
0: <laughs> yeah, see, that's, yeah. Yeah, he saw both sides for sure. I, I, yeah. love
1: it. I absolutely love it. And I just have, a, I've always known you as this kind, uh, kind spirited, so friendly you know gentlemen, yeah. and to hear those stories uh, because I've also heard you were, you were quite uh, the football player back in high school mr. mr. Carson tell me about your uh, playing days at Rio hondo prep what that was like
0: well I loved Rio Hondo prep football uh, I was a water boy for three years uh, in the in the early 80s uh, it's what I live for uh, I loved everything about it. When I got to, as a freshman, uh, we were we were a good JV football team. Uh, the seniors at that time were like Paul Clark, Todd Bell, uh, Henry Cofresi, Mark Moore, those guys. Um, they were pretty good, and I got to play up in the playoffs with them. They played Faith Baptist. I think we lost in the semifinals to Faith Baptist. Then the, my sophomore and junior year, uh, Rio Hondo, we were actually really not very good. Uh, we had about 10 guys on the team <laughs> both years. <Wow>. And uh, <laughs> I think my sophomore year, uh, we had a, just a couple guys as seniors and a couple guys as juniors Then in our class. So it was pretty sparse. Um, so I think our sophomore year, we were five and four. And I think my junior year, I think we were like three and six. So it was tough. But then uh, my senior year, that was when my brother's class came up as freshmen. And some of those guys were old enough to play uh, varsity because they had the old 8B uh, situation. So some, And so like Rick, my, Rick Johnson and a couple other guys, Joey Parks, um, Dwayne Daldy, those guys they they really gave us what we needed and we we did really well the senior year we lost in the finals we were undefeated but lost to Templeton in the finals but yeah I, I love football I love Rio Hondo Prep football
1: let me ask you this because I heard, you know you were a tight end and then uh, for for me, I always enjoy defense more, and some people like offense yeah. more. You, you played uh, both ways, as most people do at Rio. What was more fun for you, catching passes or tackling people? Uh,
0: I I love the contact of football. So, you know, I, I just love lighting people up <laughs> as hard as I could. Uh, but I also like catching passes. They were fun. Yeah. Uh. I I I think in the Super Bowl I'm going for the Chiefs because I really like that Kelsey guy. Oh man, he, yeah, he's he plays really well. I love the watching him play. So I've, physical, fit, yeah,
1: your kind of guy, tight end. Okay, yeah, yeah, he had like 13 yeah. catches last week. That was crazy. Leading yeah. up to the <laughs> that was incredible. Uh, yeah, I heard Randy just used to chuck it up and and you'd uh, you'd find a way to come down with it.
0: Yeah, well we. It was all those Sunday afternoon games against Todd and Rick. Yeah, you know, we just got our timing down, and yeah,
1: spectacular, uh, outstanding stuff. Um, uh, yeah, I, again, I go down memory lane with with yeah. Todd quite a bit with this stuff. Um, so football eventually ends, uh, high school ends, all that stuff, and uh, it's time to to do something else. And did you kind of know right away you were gonna? be in RHLA? Did you have other ideas for things maybe to do after high school or, or kind of take us through your thought process right after graduating Rio? Uh,
0: yeah, when I was 11, I was sitting in church and I just, I the only way to describe it is I just, I just knew God called me to be a pastor, be a minister. We didn't call them pastors back then. It was minister. minister. Uh, and then when I got out of high school, it just seemed like a the natural transition. I felt like I'd been given so much uh, mm. growing up, all the coaches that poured into me, poured into my life, all all through, you know, Care Youth League and junior high and high school. I, I felt like RHLA was just the time to give back. Uh, so I, that's why I wanted to do that. But then... I just came to realize that I really enjoyed and felt that I was doing ministry, uh, as a youth leader at care youth league. So I just always felt this is where I, you know, cause you can't just walk off the street and be a care youth league leader. You, it is kind of a, an exclusive kind of a thing, yeah. you oh, know, yeah. and I just felt like God put me here and he, and I just never felt the, uh, i I always felt like this is where I should be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, well, it was kind of in those
1: uh, college years or maybe after college where uh, I I first remember you. Um, I was, I don't know, fourth grade, I think when Rod Heaton was uh, an assistant yeah. coach of mine, he started bringing us to church and, and yeah. me, Brian Urmanski, Vince Urmanski, Nick Fuentes, he pick us up, take us to church. And we didn't go much church as a kid, uh, you know, my family yeah. and everything. And so we went. And I remember being a church and then we'd, we'd go uh, after a big part of the service. We'd go to this like youth group, this, they called it the disciples club. Yeah. And it was there where I went, we went and I was in a room with all of my enemies, the uh, Devin yeah. Drain, Paul Hampton, all these guys I played uh, against. Yeah. And all of a sudden we got to like be in a. I don't know a worship setting together <laughs> it was it was odd I was always the competitor Mr. Carson I yeah, was like no. are they trying to get some kind of advantage here I, I can't anyway uh yeah. you got we, we we were part of a harmonica band and, and you were yeah. a big part in the, the disciples club and the harmonica yeah. I learned how to play the harmonica you you taught me how to do that I yeah. mean I'm forever grateful
0: yeah well <laughs> the cool thing about harmonicas is they're harmonic so you could play the wrong note yeah. and still blend Exactly. That's why it was, it was pure, like, genius on uh, whoever organized that, because, yeah, we'd go up and play in church or at a Christmas party, and, yep, these guys <laughs> off the street, pretty much.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we were, we were a special group of, of kids. <laughs> uh, so, how did you get involved in, in, I'm trying to remember if it was just you or if there was someone else involved. I, I distinctly remember you kind of running the Disciples Club. Uh, how did that come about?
0: Well, I actually was just Mr. Ostergaard, Philip Ostergaard's right-hand man mm-hmm. in the Disciples Club. He did it. He, he saw, I think I think he saw Rod bring you guys to church. And then I was telling you earlier, Rod started bringing guys and I'm like, he's outdoing me. I, I, I got to get some guys from my team to come. So then Mr. Ostergaard uh philip he noticed these guys in church and he says we got to have a program for them they can't just sit through these you know long messages you know, long sermons yeah. they're not going to want to come back <laughs> so that's why he started the disciples club and the harmonica band and we would do stuff out there that was just fun and uh yeah as i recall it, it grew pretty mm-hmm. there's a big group of kids especially oh, yeah. boys which was really fun
1: we, you, we did Christmas shows. We did all yeah. kinds of stuff. And, it, and again, it was my first interaction with, uh, uh, I, they were the enemy to me, you know, these guys. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jordan Ross, I believe, uh, Jonathan yeah. the uh, guys yeah. in that group, you know, from the, you were coaching the Cardinals. And yeah. it was weird. We all came together as one team uh, for uh-huh. church and the Disciples Club. And so you get to know some of the guys outside of just playing against them, which was, which was a yeah. cool experience. Something you guys did uh, really yeah. well. Um, Mr. Philip Ostegaard, a a passionate individual, um, yeah. you assisted him with the disciples club. I know you did a lot of Mount care stuff, kind of like he did. Did you, were you kind of following in his footsteps and kind of learning, a kind of, you know, being alongside him for a while there?
0: Yeah, I've always, uh, said, man, if I could do half as well as Mr. Ostegaard did it, you know, some <laughs> things, uh, and I, I worked, uh, for a while there well even growing up i would i'd hang out with him when i could and he'd always he was a hands-on guy uh and then i would make the uh i don't know if you remember those three-year plaques that you got Mm -hmm. uh i don't know if you still have yours but i still have mine but i for a while there i made those in his garage wow so i have just always had a real tight relationship with him and uh yeah, he 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 would always say things to me. He'd kind of just stop what we were doing, and he'd talk to me about kind of the big picture stuff, what we're trying to accomplish with with, especially in, in boys' work, uh, and even yeah, the the stories that he would tell at camp and the harmonica. I mean, he was the he's definitely the uh, the prototype, I think of of a. Of a of a guy who can really connect with kids through stories, and um, especially at camp. So yeah,
1: he was so incredibly passionate. He, yeah, the, the passion he had every time he spoke, I felt like he was shouting almost. And yeah, uh, you know, he always had a great visual aid. Yeah, we're uh, at Mount Care. He'd have that huge harmonica he'd play to kind of uh, as <laughs> he'd mm-hmm. say goodnight to all of us. And uh, but yeah. you're right, the stories and 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 I always saw you kind of alongside him almost like he was grooming you. I, that was kind of my, fr- from the young young kid, I was looking at, uh, oh, Mr. Carson and Mr. Ostgard, you know. Uh, yeah. and, and something, again, that I look back on as, as a skill that you had and probably still have uh, was storytelling. I can't tell you how many times at Mount Care, summer camp, winter camp, yeah. where you were in charge of the stories and I was on the edge of my seat. We're supposed to be going to bed. I was like, wait, what's next? You told yeah. us the most dangerous game story, the yeah. red dawn. And you made that seem mm-hmm. like you guys were all really in it. I believed you. I absolutely believe it. <laughs> so yeah. uh, what could you tell me about storytelling at Mount care? Was it, was it as fun for you as it was for me hearing them?
0: Yeah. It, again, it was kind of like I come from Mr. Ostergaard who told <laughs> us, you know, about Sergeant York and old mahogany and gobble, gobble. Um, yeah. Those, you know, clop the elephant and I just always really enjoyed those, especially around the campfire at night. So I felt like if I could do, if I could do that for the guys coming up, uh, I want to do it. And so that's, that's kind of why I, I did the stories. Uh, I still think they're, I don't know, I read or heard sometime that, especially for boys, uh, they really can relate with stories. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that's what I try to do when I speak in church. I I try to tell a lot of stories because that's really what they remember anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. It's, it's interesting.
1: Yeah, all stories are spectacular. Uh, and you you were so so into it. Uh, I love yeah. the enthusiasm you had. But, but like you talk about stories, I, I can relate to that because think of all the technology we have these days. We have yeah. computers and TVs and you can – get anything from your phone. I've fallen in love with with podcasts because you, you, it's the, the elements or the um, the sense of hearing. And in hearing, yeah. it creates a picture of yourself. So like you mentioned, uh, um, I think, did you say it? Was that you who said a book on tape or maybe it was somebody else? Uh, but But he, I don't know. There's something yeah. about hearing other people tell a story or a conversation that kind of works for me. And I think that dates back to, hearing stories by the campfire with Mr. Carson.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, I think guys still like it and they still like hearing it. And I think it, it helps them. Yeah. Just kind of come <laughs> out of their day-to-day stuff and use their imagination. Yeah, definitely. Oh man. Awesome. And yeah, you're right about the harmonica thing. You don't have to you don't have
1: to play it well. You can kind of blend. And uh, I, <laughs> yeah. I got mine somewhere. I got to find it. Uh, well, <laughs> let, me, yeah. let me ask you this. So um, you're, you're in your college years or you you kind of uh, get out of college and, you know, you're a young leader, as they say. And uh, when does the when when did you start the process into becoming a pastor? I think you mentioned after high school, you knew that's what you wanted to do. When did you really uh, uh, take the first steps in that?
0: Um, I I wanted to be a pastor, but it was interesting that the uh, Ostergaard brothers, um, they're real careful about encouraging me to jump into like go to seminary right out off the bat. Mm -hmm. Uh, They really felt like the thing to do would be to really pour yourself into the boys work for, for while you have time and energy. So I started taking classes down at Talbot, uh, after I got my bachelor's degree, but it was a very part-time thing. Uh, so I think, but it was always there. It was always something that, uh, I couldn't shake. And, uh, I think I remember I was about 25 when they asked me to uh, give a message in church for the first time, and uh, it was in, it was during the summer when no one else was there, pretty much. But uh, <laughs> but I did, and uh, and then just from that, you know, the disciples club and serving in church in other capacities, um, it's just always been something that I felt. That God wanted me to do, and it also felt right. It felt like this is, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like probably you out on the refereeing out on the football field. You just it just feels right.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, the,
0: right.
1: I, I can hear you. I hear you there. Um, well, something that I, I definitely wanted to thank you for publicly. I've I've done it uh, pri- privately, of course. But uh, back in two thousand nine, two thousand eight, excuse me. Uh, my mom passed away, and. Yeah, we were just at a loss for so many. To, we didn't know what we we're going to do, and um, but I knew that I wanted uh, somebody to speak, and and I, I there was no hesitation. And we want Dave Carson Jr. to mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I spoke, I gave you to give the eulogy, all of us spoke, but but you were there, um, as a pastor, and uh, that was uh. just thank you. That was a tough day for all of us, a tough time. And we were so glad that you were uh, willing to to come speak that day and hearing your words up there. Definitely put us uh, at at ease a little bit. It began the healing process we'll say it's been a long time, but uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for that, for that, uh, for being there that day.
0: I I appreciate you saying that. And I think that was my first one, my first uh, funeral service or memorial service. But I was glad to do it because of your family, your dad, you and your brother, and especially your mom. Uh, <laughs> you know, whenever talk about speaking in church, you know, when you're up there speaking, you have to be careful who you look at, because <laughs> I'm not going to say mention anybody, but there are guys I don't look at, or I will get very discouraged because they're not cutting off. But then... are other people like your mom was the one of the best I would look her and she'd have this big smile on her face she'd have this affirming nod going every time and I just felt she was right with me all the time so I uh yeah she was I didn't know her extremely well but I could I definitely felt her spirit and it was very it was awesome so
1: oh man well I uh That's great to hear. And I, yeah, I I can't imagine what it would be like uh, speaking in front of people for a great deal of time, (laughs) specifically when you're trying to get a point across. uh, Because one thing for like a podcast doing this, I enjoy a conversation with one person or a couple people, but having to talk and deliver a message to a big group of people, that would be discouraging to me uh, big time. How do you, so outside of kind of looking making eye contact with certain people uh-huh. that's something you just get more comfortable with over time or is it always kind of like uh the, the first kickoff in a football game every time you go up there
0: well, that's a great analogy of the kickoff uh there's always apprehension especially when you're when you're giving god's word and you know are you am I giving it, if I, am I doing justice to it? That's what I always ask myself. Uh, Am I saying the right words, but then it's just, for me, it's just um, a faith thing, you know, Uh, because I'm not a super eloquent person. I I was kind of always a kind of of shy kid. Um, So, so it, it, it affirms my faith that when I get up there, I, I really feel like god is helping me and Mm. it's not me speaking it's it's god helping me do it
1: interesting no that's uh yeah that's really interesting so okay well you so you you became a pastor and you you were a big part of care youth church mr francis Mm -hmm. ostegaard was uh the senior pastor there mr chris horton was kind of stepping in also and, and you guys have kind of worked hand in hand a little bit uh but when did the when was the decision made that we need a church in Upland, and I mean you you seem the natural fit to be the pastor of that church. Well, how did that all come about?
0: Um, well, I, I thought it was it was quite miraculous because we were just in a meeting and we were talking about how uh, how. We, what would be the next step in being able to for Upland to kind of reproduce itself? In other words, Mm. that guys could come up through the program and then stay and help coach and become coaches. That's kind of the model of how we replenish our ranks and Kyle and I and Mike, we just thought to do that, you really, you really need something that keeps them there uh, you really need like a church for them. And I just remember I was in a meeting with Mr. John Martin and I just said that. And I just, you know, I thought it was going to end there, but then um, <laughs> the uh, the next day, Mr. Horton like yells at me from across campus and he said, Dave, what's this there about you start a church? And I'm like, what? <laughs> so Mr. Martin had asked him, talk to him. And then Lo and behold, the next year I got to kind of do a sabbatical where I could. I got to finish my school work, and a year after that, they ordained me at Care Youth Church, and we started the church. So, wow. I think it was just a God thing, because usually things don't move that, you know, seamlessly. <laughs> you
1: know? <laughs> yeah, you got that right, and I, yeah. I like that. I like that description. Sometimes just to. It's just a God thing and, and the way things work out. So that was, let's see here. That was uh, 2013. So I've been going yeah. on about seven years. What's what's the attendance like? Is wh- What are we talking about numbers w- wise? It's a lot smaller scale as the Arcadia Youth Church, I gotta imagine.
0: Yeah, so I think we have 68 members uh, right now. That kind of fluctuates, but uh, and then on a given Sunday, have between 40 45 50 people there Uh, right now there's more people streaming it or watching it on zoom Mm -hmm. which is understandable but um yeah we usually have between 40 and 50 people there on a sunday
1: that's kind of nice that's like a good uh good group i know sometimes you know, big churches are nice, but sometimes you get kind of lost in the, uh, in the big group there. Uh, so, so that's really cool. Great stuff. Uh, who else does anyone assist you in kind of running, running, uh, Sunday services?
0: Yeah. So Mike Murphy, Mm -hmm. he's, uh, he, he's, he reads the scripture every Sunday and elaborates on that, does a really good job. Uh, he's, you know, he's very he's brilliant. You know, Mike Murphy. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. And then Kyle helps Kyle Corral helps me. And then uh, I have some ushers that I'm, we're trying to train. Uh, you probably were a care youth church usher. Um, so one of the, our head ushers, Mr. Uh, or is uh, Alex Eskiaki. He came up through real Hondo prep graduated last year. Yeah. So he's still coming and in charge of some guys who are doing the ushering, so yeah, and then I have uh, a father, a couple, of three fathers, uh, who you might know, Ken Lee, Mr. Ken Lee helps mm-hmm. with some of the classes, and Mr. David Diaz helps with some of the classes, and uh, another gentleman by the name of Mr. Josh Taflinger, he has kids in our school here. helps with some and then pauline murphy helps with the sound and then miss crystal hampton uh helps with the youngest kids so yeah we got a good crew
1: sounds like a great operation yeah in in very good hands and uh i'm sure more big things to come uh i want to ask you if if you could what what is kind of on your heart for the for the future outside of getting things back to normal here um, what are some future goals maybe you have for either uh, your ministry or for the Care Youth League program? You've already expanded. You have started up a, a church out there. I mean, what's next? What's kind of on your heart? What's on your mind?
0: Well, I just think it's biblical that the, the whole idea of, keep, keep going out. I, I think starting care youth leagues and other, other areas would be something that would be extremely exciting for people, uh, for young people who, if you know, we've been praying in our church weekly for, you know, God said, uh, Jesus said the, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So pray for the Pray that he'd send out laborers. Uh, We just think the Care Youth League uh, model for helping children and families uh, is something that, you know, we don't, we shouldn't just think should just be in the San Gabriel Valley or Covina or Upland. We should think more in terms of how can we keep going, spreading this thing out. So. Mm that's my thing but you know i i think uh also just on a smaller scale uh yeah just it, it takes a lot of doing just uh you know running the program so it's uh it's all that but yeah. it, it, it's definitely keeps us busy
1: yeah yeah when, when your plate is full it's tough to kind of you know go get seconds before you finish up that that first plate right at times you kind of uh, yeah. Attack what's in front of you sometimes too. So that's that's great, excellent to hear. Really impressed with everything you guys have done out there. And uh this is something I didn't prep you for this. Just get let's get a, an, an instant reaction, if you will. I did this with uh, Tawny Drain a few months back. I asked asked her about every member of her family, and kind of what comes to mind when you think mm-hmm. of them, or what you think of. Uh, I, I'm sure uh, people are curious maybe what you think of those uh, the Carson family members uh, let's, let's start at the top with your parents uh, Dave Carson senior and and your mother uh, two I, I I know they're wonderful people but what comes to mind when you think of each of them
0: um, well my dad he's just always been super dedicated to I would say God first, uh, he, he's never, you know, I never, I never saw him do anything that was like self-centered. Uh, hmm. He was to a fault, but he was just always, you know, what, what can I do to help other people? What can I do to help care youth league? Uh, so I, I've just always really, just kind of stood in awe of, of his attitude and just the way he does things. Um, and just, just such a hard worker. And my mom, you know, I, I think maybe I like your mom so much because she reminds me of my mom, but <laughs> just that, that spirit. Yeah. Uh, that's just always so encouraging. And, and uh, I just feel like she has the love of Christ uh, for everybody she meets, and you just can't. Every time you have any kind of contact with her, you, you're 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 encouraged, you're uplifted, and uh, she's just very steady and very just strong. She's been taking care of my dad, been doing such a great job, and um, so yeah, those those two, they're they're really I really feel fortunate to have them as my parents for sure
1: outstanding um special people really always been so kind to me and uh, yeah that's uh, <laughs> that's amazing enough said there uh well let's talk about your siblings uh let's go ladies first ladies first of course uh very unique i i guess w- having five kids five uh fam or four siblings in your case it's a big family yeah. i only know what it's like to have one uh sibling and what's unique with you is you and Christina uh, or the, or the oldest. And then you, you have yeah. a much younger sister in Melissa Carson, uh, yeah. compared, compared to your age. So talk to me about, um, your sisters now, Give me, uh, Melissa first, and then Christina, uh, you know, your younger sister, and then your older sister, who's a lot closer in age than you. So what can you tell me about them?
0: Well, yeah, Melissa is, uh, when I talked to her, I, f- I feel like out of all of them, she and I are like similar in like personality. Um, she's very, you know, she, she's just very passionate about doing the right thing and um, making a difference, I think. And uh, she's always just really, I've always really liked talking to her because I just felt like we we're kind of on the same wavelength. Uh, she's like 11 years younger than me. And um, so when we were growing up, I was, I was high school and doing my thing. And it was, she and Mark were a lot closer, uh, at that house at, in Covina. Um, but I love talking to her now. Uh, we're, we're pretty close and she's, uh, you know, she just, she's, she's just very passionate about doing a good job of whatever she does. And, and yeah, she's great. (laughs)
1: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. 11 years difference in age. I can't imagine that three years, yeah. three years with my brother seemed like a lot. Yeah. Well, well, uh, your, your sister, Christina, who's, uh, you know, much closer in age to you. Uh, you, you two are the first of the Carson children. And, uh, what can you tell me about, uh, her? I, I knew her as uh, Mrs. Well, she's now Mrs. Horton, uh, my yeah. uh, former English teacher who was very patient with me. Uh, yeah. what can you tell me about, uh, Christina Horton?
0: Well, I, yeah, we were only a year apart and we had some good times growing up. And she, uh, I've always appreciated just her candor about uh, what she goes through. Uh, she's not afraid to just kind of like be vulnerable. And I think I've noticed that. She has a real connection with people, especially uh, her students because I feel like she has a way of relating to them where they really feel like she's she's on their side uh, very caring and uh, but also she can be very she can be tough uh, She and my other sister Melissa you know they're the ones who've uh, really, looked after my dad and made sure he's gotten the care he needs. And, uh, when they feel like something should be done, it's not being done with the doctors or the hospitals. They, they, they push it. And, uh, so there are no pushovers for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then she's just a very wise person, uh, from a spiritual standpoint, she can help, uh, help people, see the right perspective on things and so yeah that's christina
1: very cool yes she was uh, a tough teacher in in high school for me a, <laughs> you know, a tough fir- firm but fair she she was so patient with me and in uh, my classmates. Yeah. loved uh, loved her class uh it was tough subject matter that especially that british literature uh but anyway uh, uh got through it i got through it uh okay so on to uh your two brothers and two guys i really I I chat with quite a bit, especially Todd, Yeah. Uh, but me and Mark swap texts a lot, chat a lot about football. Uh, Two guys that are uh, very near and dear to my heart, just very good friends uh, of mine that I've always looked up to um, were, were leaders of mine. And and now I consider them just tremendous, uh, just great friends and great people. Talk to me about your, your brothers, uh, Mark and
0: Todd. Yeah. Well, Todd, yeah, we, we were talking earlier he kind of got the brunt of my um, (laughs) trying to establish myself as the, the top guy in the family uh, when we were kids. Um, But he always just stuck around. That's, and he was very loyal to me, uh, which I don't know why he was, except he, that's just the kind of guy he is. Uh, He's just got love in his heart. And, you know, I've noticed that, with whatever he does uh he he is loyal he is loyal to the, to his friends and is loyal to his students and the, his players and he'll do anything uh under the sun if he feels like it's going to help them and uh i've always admired that about him but i also admire just his uh his approach to things uh he just he just get things gets things done and he kind of makes tough decisions just because they're the right things to do. And he, and he pulls and he pushes through with them. Um, so yeah, that's Todd. I, I, I think the world of him and, uh, especially like now that he's got four kids and he's pouring himself into those kids and, uh, his wife's awesome. So yeah, that's, that's Todd. Yeah. (laughs)
1: outstanding and finally finally your brother mark gordon good old gordon mark carson
0: yeah yeah mark is he's he's a lot different my my daughter was asking me like who do you think out of all your kids you're most not like and i said i think it'd be mark uh because he's always been just such a fun-loving guy and uh but he's able to use that kind of just that playfulness to channel uh himself into becoming a really effective, you know, coach and leader and parent. I've always admired that about him. Uh, he can just see the lightness of things, and uh, but he's also super competitive. I remember one time, uh, I, he'd, I remember watching him as a kid. He would play himself in games, um, and he'd be so intense, and he was playing himself, and uh, it was just you know, in board games or things like that. And then I remember one time the Cowboys were playing the, I think it was when they were playing the 49ers and Joe Montana, you know, rolled right and he hit Jack Clark in the end zone to win the game. I think it was that FC championship game. And I remember afterwards, Mark was balling. He was just so, <laughs> cause he loved the Cowboys so much, but just <laughs> that competitiveness. He just loved he he just loves competing, and uh, I, I I just I admire that about him. It's great, and is just his uh, fun loving atmosphere that he brings to his, his coaching and things.
1: Yeah, he's he's very passionate. He's he's really tackled uh, f- the football uh, job, no pun intended. Uh, he, he's done a great yeah. job at in in the program, and then running the high school now. I mean, Todd's up up north uh, doing. Yeah. At that high school, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. And how are how are is your family, uh, Mister Carson? uh, Three, I I lose track,
0: but three daughters. Is that right? I got three girls. Uh, One's a senior, one's a freshman, and one's uh, seven years old. So whoa,
1: what a uh, wide range uh, of uh, ages there! And now that you got a senior, I mean, it's does it still feel like yesterday when you were a senior in high school, and now you have a senior daughter?
0: Yeah, and sometimes it does. Sometimes it feels like my <laughs> high school days were a different, a different <laughs> lifetime. You know. Wow. But, yeah.
1: <laughs> and your wife Molly, she she's doing great. You've mentioned her already, kind of helping you out out in the uh, upland program.
0: Yeah, my wife is is a really great special person. I feel like uh, she is God's gift to me, and. Uh, you know, it's not easy being married to me. I don't think a lot of times, but uh, (laughs) she, she's wonderful. And I'm very thankful for her. She's a Uh, great lady.
1: Outstanding. Outstanding. Uh, I love, love hearing that. And uh, you know, one thing you do, this is kind of, you know, out of, out of nowhere, but something I always appreciate it, or I've witnessed you do is Carrie Youth League is very different than other youth sports programs it's just it's just very different and it yeah it, it does wonderful things. but but i've seen you get up in front of parents and give a little speech about how things are kind of done at carry youth league you don't yell at referees i love that love that <laughs> uh you know especially when yeah. you got young men and women out there who are giving of their time you know high school kids or whatever trying to learn uh so i i love that you get up and do that and uh, you know just kind of let the parents know that, Hey, let the coaches kind of coach, let everyone do their job and let's see if this can be a good experience. So I wish more leagues did that, Mr. Carson. And was that your idea or uh, just kind of the care youth league's idea?
0: Um, I think we, I think what you're referring to, maybe uh, we've since, especially in the PAC 12 program, that would be (laughs) like the fifth and sixth grade program Uh uh-huh that one's mr greg loomis runs that program and um you know i don't know if i think it's just i think it's gonna be interesting once we start back up i think i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna venture to guess that the attitude might be a little less um I think everybody's going to be so happy just to be back competing that we're not going to care as much as you know. How come my boy didn't get that call and stuff? But, yeah. um, but I I I I really um, think it's really important to help help us keep keep the right perspective uh, mm-hmm. on youth sports especially for guys like you who referee, I mean, man, they're just trying to do a good job for the most <laughs> part. And uh, it's nothing personal. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I always try to diffuse the intensity just a little bit. Not that I don't, I'm not, not that I'm not competitive, but you know, when at the end of the day, it's great that you're, everybody's just out there having a good time with good uniforms and, referees it's just a good thing and we should try to keep that perspective
1: no you're right i think youth sports has been kind of ruined in in other other parts of the country and it's just because parents get a little fired up and we've all experienced that i know my dad was a little fired up when we were playing uh you know so it's just it's human nature but i do think it's good that you kind of put things in perspective i've seen you give again like a brief speech to some fans before games and things. And, and yeah. not just you, but other people too. I think that's a good, uh, a good thing in moving forward. And, and in moving forward, I do hope that care opens up real soon and we get back to some of those, uh, those games and, you know, competition, what a concept, uh, man, yeah. let's get back to it. What do you think?
0: Oh, Matt, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, we all want to get back so bad and, and, uh, I just I just try to keep keep it in just keep the keep the faith, right? I mean, mm-hmm. big picture, uh, God's in control. Um, he knows we really want to get back and do His work. So, in the meantime, you know, I do get to spend a lot of time with my family that I haven't been able to do prior to this. Uh, a lot of dinners at home and. Uh, talking to my daughters especially I I look at it like you know um, it's a bummer my my oldest can't do the senior year stuff but if she was doing that I wouldn't be talking to her hardly at all so (laughs) you know um, I try to look at things that way uh, and know that God's in control
1: Oh, absolutely. Well said. You got to find the silver lining. And yes, God is in control. Well, Mr. Carson, it has been a pleasure uh, in chatting with you and kind of going down memory lane, whether it be, uh, you know, talking about harmonicas or or, uh, your brother, your stories, uh, just uh, so many fun thoughts that just, man, just come right to the the microphone here. So I appreciate it. Um, All the best in moving forward. I I hope things uh, open up, like you said, and, we're all back to uh, normal soon and, and you're having to coach some games and line some fields and do all those yeah. things. I know you love doing that.
0: Yeah. And I appreciate you asking me on Matt. And I think these podcasts are blessing a lot of people. So keep it up. Oh, thank you so much, sir. Well, we will talk to you soon.
1: Have a, uh, have a good day, sir. And I really appreciate it.
0: All right. Say hi to Freddie for me.
1: <laughs> will do. Absolutely.
0: All right. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, Matt.
1: Well, what a blessing it was to chat with Dave Carson on this Friday and uh, to get us around third and home safe for the weekend, for the Super Bowl weekend, that is. Uh, just a, a great time catching up with Dave Carson. And again, Dave, uh, Mr. Carson, thank you so much for uh, all that you have done for Cure Youth League. Um, you were there for my family uh, in a very somber moment back in 2008 and uh you you are somebody that that really does make every situation better you, you anytime you're in the room or, or sharing uh, stories or just uh sharing your words with other people i think those people are uplifted no matter what it is whether it's talking about sports or uh you know, ministry or just uh being tough being out there in the work workforce uh you know working on fields whatever it is uh you truly do uh make people better and inspire all of us to uh to, to be a little bit better person. And, and as you said, always advancing, always advancing from the, uh, the book you mentioned. So uh, from Hudson Taylor, great stuff. Thank you so much, Dave, Mr. Carson. Uh, just an absolute pleasure. All my, all my best to the Carson family, to your parents, to your siblings. I mean, just truly special people. There's nothing quite like uh, the Carson family and uh, just a definite love, love to each and every single one of them. Appreciate you taking the time to record with me, Mr. Carson well guys that will wrap up another fun week of episodes had a great time chatting with my brother sam on monday about sports uh catching up with bill barnes on wednesday with the weekly wednesday weigh-in and of course today our conversation with dave carson jr just a great week. It's going to be hard to top it. But next week, we're going to do our very best to accomplish just that and to uh, to make another great week of episodes on the Get Home Safe podcast. Uh, we already have an interview set up for Friday. I'm not going to tell you who the guest is. Uh, we will let you guys know on Wednesday at the end of Bill's interview who is going to be our guest on Friday. But I can promise you this. It's going to be another entertaining one and one that I think the loyal listeners will very much Look forward to. So be sure to tune in next week for all the episodes on Get Home Safe Podcast, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, guys, there's many ways to follow the Get Home Safe Podcast. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast, and our email address is Home Safe Podcast at Yahoo.com. Give us a like or give us a follow on the social media platforms. And if you have some questions or content suggestions you want to throw our way, definitely send us an email. We love the listeners to be involved in this podcast. I love answering questions or hearing from you guys just like you hear from us. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays here on the Get Home Safe podcast. Additionally, there's also some links in the episode notes if you want to leave a voice message, have your voice heard, much like a caller calling into a radio show you can do that so that's always an option don't be shy out there guys reach out to the podcast i know a lot of you I, I see the numbers i see how many of you people are listening out there so feel free to interact with the podcast here uh reach out maybe share a memory vent about your favorite sports team that's struggling whatever i don't care i mean anything we just want to hear from you guys uh and uh, just kind of interact with the listeners here it's, it's a lot of fun and i think it really creates some good content here on the program, well, guys, looking forward to the Super Bowl. Hope you guys all have a great weekend. Uh, stay safe, stay sane. Uh, it's still this crazy world of uh, twenty twenty, the sequel here in twenty twenty one. You know, we're a month into the new year, but uh, some of the some of the same things are going on and lockdowns and people struggling and you know thoughts and prayers to everyone out there uh, with everything that's going on. You know, we we have been doing this podcast and it's been a, a, a great way to to just kind of push aside some of the craziness that's in this world right now and just able to have a conversation with some friends, catch up with some people and just randomly vent about some things that are on my mind. And I appreciate all your patience with some of the things I say on here, because I know I, I'm a, at times I'm a lunatic and just ramble away. But anyway definitely support appreciate all the support guys have a great weekend enjoy the Super Bowl and we shall see if my 33 to 31 Tampa Bay Bucks victory prediction comes true or not uh, it probably won't but we shall see it should be fun either way it's gonna be a great Super Bowl everyone enjoy the game we will be back on Monday to talk about all of the game all the everything that happened on Super Bowl Sunday we're going to do our best to get an episode out on Monday and, and uh, just some instant reactions and stuff like that. So be sure to tune in next week for all of the Get Home Safe podcast interviews. That's enough out of me, guys. Have a great weekend. And guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.